Isn't that fun? Start off a show blowing smoke in your face. And coffee. The greatest of all drugs. Whatever's in it. I don't know what's in it, but... You know, I live in Arizona, so I speak Spanish all the time. Cafe. Gotta have something. That's just how I am, but... I moved to Arizona in 2013. Lived in North Carolina for... I don't know, 30, 40 years, something like that. And, you know, it comes a time when you just got to move, I guess. Some people love to live in the same place their whole life and don't want to move. I know plenty of people out here in Arizona that are like that. And some people just got to move, grow up moving. I grew up moving all the time. Father, U.S. Air Force, grew up changing locales, changing friends every single year for the first 13 years of my life until he retired. But, you know, I got to move. So moved out to Arizona just because it's beautiful. And because Jim Morrison once said, the West is the best. And I believe that because it's beautiful out here. North Carolina is beautiful too. It's got its mountains and it's got its ocean. And then you got Raleigh, which is landlocked, but it's got all these beautiful trees in it. You know, I, I remember picking up Melissa Etheridge from the airport right off of I-40, RDU Airport. One day she was coming to my station, WRDU, to do a, an acoustic show back in the 80s. May have been 87 or 88. And I picked her up and she had her, you know, guitar strapped on her back, acoustic guitar. And she's going to come to a live show in the afternoon drive with Brian McFadden for us. And it was great. And that, look it up, because that YouTube video of her doing it is incredible. Uh, I think it's a YouTube video. No, it's not. Back then we just had sound. I think you can find the audio of it, but that in itself is terrific. But we're driving back and, and I was in the front seat. She was in the passenger seat and she's just looking out the window the whole way on I-40, just looking, looking, looking and and not moving, just looking, looking, looking. And I was throwing small talk out there. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, and she ignoring it all and not paying attention to any of it or anything I said. And which is a lot like my radio show. But, and finally, one point, after about 10 minutes, she turned around and looked at me and said, man, it is sure beautiful out here. And I'm like, okay, all these beautiful trees. Okay. And I found out afterwards, she's from Leavenworth, Kansas, which is nothing but plains, right? I think there's a prison around there somewhere. And so she thinks all the trees are beautiful. I've lived around trees my whole life. That's all I've seen. In fact, there are so many trees out here. You can't see anything but trees. You can't see a sunset. You can't see anything. It's just trees. I'm not a tree person. You know, I'm not a tree hugger. You know, trees to me are overgrown weeds. The West is the best because you can see. You can see things like sunsets and they're out here every single night. But I moved out here, radio job ended because it comes a time, right? As Neil Young once said. And, you know, got to find a new job, got to find new work. Let's try the corporate world. Let's see if I can be good at corporate stuff. Am I any good at corporate stuff? Because I've never done corporate stuff. If you're a corporate guy in radio, you're going to be a flop, a failure. You know, can I do the corporate world? I thought so because inside, I'm just a regular Joe. In radio, I had this character that I was playing. Inside, I'm just a regular guy. Let's see if I can be successful as a regular guy. Start this baby all over at 55 years of age, which I was. And so I nailed down an interview with this translation company. 
Like I said, my father was a United States Air Force guy. We lived in Spain when I was a boy, two to three to four, and I learned Spanish fluently. We lived in Central America for a couple of years in the 70s. El Salvador, no less. And his job, the gig he had, was to sell jets to the Salvadoranian army. Now, do you want to know of a fucked up country? That is one messed up country even today. And it, it gets worse and worse and worse. And it was a mess back in the 70s. So he was there to sell United States jets to the Salvadoranian army. And they couldn't afford them. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so my father said, well, here, we'll sell you helicopters. You know, and they couldn't afford that. So we left and went back to the United States. I think it was 1974. But at any rate, uh, moved around so much. And I spoke a little bit of Spanish after all of those years in those foreign countries. And so this translator job was for this hiring company, a labor company who hired uh, Mexican-Americans to do work. Um, and some of them, believe me, were not Mexican-Americans yet. You know what I'm saying? But And they needed translators to fill the positions. And so the woman calls me, the nice lady calls me, two o'clock one afternoon, and, and she says, are you ready for the interview? They want to see how well I can speak my Spanish. And I said, sure. And she rattled off three sentences in Spanish. And I, whoa. I'm like, what? Excuse me? Uh, big pause, you know, on the end of the line. And she said, could you try that again? I'm like, and she's like, sure. And, I, and I'm listening on the phone. You know, and and she does it again. And I'm here to say, out of all my quote unquote fluent Spanish that I speak, I didn't understand a word she said, not a single word. You know, it's like, well, uh, you know, well, and she was like, well, thank you. We'll be getting in touch with you soon. And I said, sure. No problem. <laughs> no problem. God, what a corporate answer, you know, but of course, I never got a call back from that. So. Job interview number two in the corporate world ended up being at a dental school. Blade goes to work at a dental school. And over the years, I'd done really well in this hobby of mine, which is video editing. And they need a video editor for their dental school videos. And I sent over a sample and they liked it. And they called me, HR did, and said, we'd like to set up an interview with you. Do you want to? And I'm like, sure. So a day or two later, the HR woman calls me and says, well, um, welcome to the interview. We think you'd be a good fit with our company. I'm just like, it's a corporate interview. And I know they're going to ask me the questions. Uh, let me see if I can get through three of these questions. Now, question number one is, well, what makes you think you'd be a good employee for Spears Dental School? Already, I want to throw up at, at this point. Well, look, I... And I'm acting like this. Look, I'm a good video editor. I've been doing it for 20 years. I know all the Adobe platforms, all the programs, and and I, I and I'm good at audio, and I can do a good job for you. And I said it like that. Believe me, I was not eloquent about it because I was ready to hang up the phone. And question number two is: Would you identify, please, a problem that you had in your business world and and how you solved it and how it affected the workplace? Now I'm really ready to have a heart attack and pass out because. I can't stand it, you know, and, and I'm thinking, and it took me minutes, maybe, you know, probably seconds, but it felt like hours, you know, and there's this pause on my end and pause on her end. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I one time figured out how to add closed captions to a 30 minute video and it only took me 10 minutes to add the closed captions. So that was a, a big success in my head, you know, which I thought was an okay answer. And she said, well, how did that affect the workplace? And I was like, I don't know. I'd given up at that point. I don't know, you know, and, and, and so well, how did you solve that? 
And I said, I just did it. That's what I'm saying. Big pause, which I love. She's probably rolling her eyes back in her head and she's sitting there going, wow, this is a flop. This guy is never going to work. But I love that pause. You know, it's uncomfortable. And what's uncomfortable is funny and it's fun. And some question about, you know, uh, how did you fix it? And, and uh, I don't know. And then finally, the last question is, after all these horrible pauses, you know, what are your ambitions and your goals in life? And, and, and I said, look, I just want to make a buck. Okay. I just want to make a buck, you know, big pause on her end. And I'm thinking at that point, isn't that everybody's ambition and goal? I haven't had a goal since I was, since I dropped out of college, you know, even then, you know, the the goal was negligible. It was like, well, I just want to, you know, get a job and, and pay the rent is all it is. Goal? I don't have a goal. I just want to make a buck. And there was silence and before on her end and before she, you know, could get through the, well, we'll be in touch, you know, once we go through the, you know, I hung up at that point. And so the corporate world, it's not for everybody. It's surely not for me, but it is for some people. I understand that, but it's not going to work for Blade. It's just not, you know, and now that I'm 